Hello, hello. Welcome to the VHive, your go-to podcast for all things women's intimate health. I'm your host, Hannah, here to discuss the many questions you've always had about your body but never wanted to ask. Whether it relates to sex, chronic pain, trauma, relationships, healing, hormones, spirituality, and so much more, we are normalizing taboos, breaking down the complexities of the female body, and providing you with the information you need to take your health into your own hands. I am so excited about this month's episode because it was the first in-person episode that I have recorded in just about two years, which is crazy. I miss these in-person recordings so much. They just, they make me so happy. They make me more excited to record. And I don't know, like doing it over the phone and on Zoom, it's amazing because I've been able to interview people all over the world, but there's something so special and important about being physically in person with whoever it is I'm interviewing. Um, So I was very excited to be in person with Mindy. Um, She's the best. She's been on the podcast before. So if you haven't already listened to the first episode we did together, I highly recommend checking that one out. And she's just amazing. I've known her for many years and she is my acupuncturist in New York and um, I just trust her and I think she's full of so much knowledge. She always has a lot to share. So I learned so much from her this episode and I hope that you all do too. And before we get into this episode, I'm also so excited to share that this episode is sponsored by one of the most amazing yoga teachers who specializes in all things pelvic, Leslie Howard. She is an Oakland, California-based yoga teacher who leads workshops and trainings nationally and has written a book about caring for the female pelvis, Pelvic Liberation. It's an amazing book that I highly recommend everyone read. She was inspired to write the book after designing successful studies for UCSF on how to use yoga to both alleviate incontinence and pelvic pain. Using yoga, breathing techniques, self-inquiry, and a dash of humor, Leslie brings a thoughtful, thorough, and therapeutic focus to a subject that can be difficult and overwhelming, which many of us all know. This book is a shout out to normalize the conversation about pelvic health and improve women's knowledge and awareness of their pelvis. Pelvic liberation includes detailed explanations of key yoga postures, breathing practices designed to awaken and heal the female pelvis, a system that Leslie calls pelvic floor yoga. In addition to explaining practical yoga techniques that will heal the body and mind, pelvic liberation will also take you through eye-opening reflections on how culture and history have impaired your health and every woman's health. Every woman, yoga instructor, and women's health professional will definitely benefit from this very informative book. In addition to the book, there are many opportunities to study with Leslie via Zoom and virus permitting soon to be in person. She regularly offers introductory workshops on how to bring anatomy, yoga, and breathing techniques together to heal your pelvis. A few years ago when I was in Oakland, California, I was lucky enough to actually attend one of her yoga and pelvic floor workshops, which was absolutely incredible. It was a full day workshop and it was so much fun. I learned so much. I literally found my notebook the other day from that course, from all the notes I was taking. So 
Leslie offers a 20-hour pelvic floor yoga teacher training for yoga teachers, physical therapists, midwives, and really any other women's health professionals. It is pre-recorded, so you can do it at your own pace, and there are discussion boards and quizzes in order to help you retain the information, or if you prefer to do it live, check out her website. All of her offerings are there. She is also a regular presenter for the yoga and health conferences and a regular contributor to the Yoga Journal magazine. Her own struggles with healing her hips and pelvis led her to an intense study of the anatomy, physiology, and cultural messaging, history, and energetics of the pelvic floor. Her teaching is informed by over 3,500 hours of yoga study with senior Iyengar yoga teachers. To learn more about her workshops, training, and classes, visit her website, www.lesliehowardyoga.com. That's spelled L-E-S-L-I-E. H-O-W-A-R-D-Y-O-G-A dot com. Leslie is also offering all VHive listeners $75 off her training by using the code HAPPYPELVIS75 at checkout. That's $75 off her training by using the code HAPPYPELVIS75 at checkout. I truly cannot recommend her work enough. I am so happy to be able to share her work with you today. And I hope you check everything on her site out and all that she has to offer because it is truly life-changing. Without further ado, let's get into the episode with Mindy Picard. This is super exciting because this is the first live episode that we've done in over two I mean it's been I was just calculating today it's been a year and 10 months since the pandemic started so I've been doing all of the episodes episodes over um like remote over the phone and so I am so excited to finally be in person again with Mindy Picard who is my favorite acupuncturist Mindy thank you so much for being here thanks for inviting me yeah so Mindy is the founder of Three Treasures Acupuncture in downtown Manhattan. Her office is a serene oasis. We are here now with lots of natural light. This is Mindy's second time on the podcast. The first time she took us through her strategies for overcoming pelvic conditions with acupuncture and herbs. And today she's going to talk about something that is really going to resonate with everyone listening. She's going to discuss how she uses acupuncture to balance the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. So I think that this is such a perfect topic and such a perfect conversation for this time. Um, And I know that you have been just seeing like firsthand how the pandemic and just the crazy stress that's been going on in the world for the past two years affects people. So it will be very interesting to just hear your firsthand experience as to how, you know, what you've seen and how you've been really helping them through all of your practices and all of the tools you have in your toolkit. So thank you again for being here. I'm just, I'm so happy to be in person. Finally, I like, I can't even believe it. Um, I was getting so tired of doing these over the phone. It's different when you actually see someone and you can have a conversation with them. Um, so for those who are not familiar with you, tell them just a little bit about who you are, your background, and how you got started in the acupuncture space. I've been an acupuncturist for over 16 years now. I'm a generalist, but I specialize in pelvic pain and pelvic floor dysfunction. In addition to orthopedics, allergy elimination, and other women's health, including menopause and fertility. 
I attended a wonderful master's program for acupuncture here in the city, which was very eclectic and really gave us a grounding in many different styles of acupuncture. I'm also a Campo herbalist, which is a Chinese medicine herbalist in the Japanese tradition. I've been seeing you since, like I wouldn't say I come regularly, but I've seen you on and off for like, how many years has it been now? Maybe four, three, four? I think at least four, Um, which is so crazy. And I mean, you're you're amazing. I send anyone to you who asks me for acupuncture recommendation in the city. But yeah, you're my favorite. And um, I just think every time I see you, I learn so much from you. So I'm glad that you're you're back here and you're sharing all of your knowledge today. But um, the first question that I have for you, I I mentioned this before, but I want to hear your like what your thoughts are and what your experience is on how all of the stress and like just the trauma that's happening in the world right now how has this affected your patients and you know as we said before on on a physical emotional and spiritual level and i think i mean i know that those are all connected and that's what we're going to like focus on this episode is it's not just like a physical symptom or chronic pain like physically it's really so emotionally connected and I think that that's why acupuncture is such an amazing technique, an amazing tool, because it addresses all components, um, not just the physical body. So what have you seen, I guess, over the past two years? Well, since the pandemic started, I noticed that my pelvic pain patients are more full of anxiety, stress, and chronic pain than they were previously. Uh, part of this was is due to the pause in treatment that happened during the lockdown because people didn't go to the to any of their uh, caregivers uh, you know their um, the doctors or their acupuncturists or their PTs for many months you know between three and nine months people didn't go but part of it is also the added stress of our new normal the relentless media about the pandemic, fear and anxiety about the future, and of course the never-ending Zoom meetings, which everybody is getting tired of. Since then, I have expanded my repertoire to include treatments that address disease, distress, and dysfunction at the spirit level to affect change in my chronic pain patients. There are many traditional treatments that benefit the mind and the soul, and in turn, then benefit the physical body. One of these is called aggressive energy, AE for short. In the Japanese tradition, which I practice, it's also called Jaki. It's an ancient clearing treatment that releases stagnant energy or pernicious chi from the body-mind. It's a rather gentle treatment with very shallow, precise needle placement on the back. It releases inflammation, heat, anger, and lots of repressed emotions that are toxic to our well-being. I think that's so interesting. Thank you for sharing. I could not agree more. I think that the Zoom fatigue is such a real thing. Like, it's... I mean, even I just noticed, like, when I'm looking at my phone, I get my eyes, like, physically hurt. I get a headache. And I'm just like, I never felt this way before. Is it because what? Like, and I'm not even on that many Zoom meetings, but I just think it's like... I feel like we've become more glued to technology over the past two years than ever before. And I think it's so unhealthy. 
you know, my son did two Zoom meetings this week for career reasons mm -hmm. through college. And so he had to take the tape off the camera, which has some kind of a light on his laptop. And he told me that he thinks that he's been getting headaches from just doing those two Zoom meetings yesterday and the day before because of the light that was shining at him. You also mentioned how your treatments are gentle. They're gentle, you know, they're not very like aggressive and deep. Um, you use the word shallow. And so I think that that's such an interesting point to, to just elaborate on because you know, before I saw you, I've been to, I mean, I have, I've been to numerous acupuncturists and some of them use a technique where it's, I mean, you obviously know where it's much more aggressive and you feel the needle and it's like when they put the needle in out, you know, you go out and, and they're really trigger pointing it and it, it's uncomfortable. Um, and I think that some people believe that maybe like harder is better or stronger is more effective and we've spoken about this before just in the conversations that we've had but i said to you once like your sessions and your treatments for me are just as effective as some of the more painful treatments that i've experienced and i think that that's so interesting because like i kind of I believe that, I mean, maybe the stronger treatments serve a certain purpose or a certain person, but especially for someone who's already in pain or even like chronic and prolonged pain, it doesn't really make sense to then go get a treatment that's only going to put you in even more pain. Um, and I just think it's so interesting how you're very gentle and like delicate treatments. I hardly ever feel you put a needle in. I leave and I feel amazing. I feel the same as if someone was like, really going hard with the needles so i'm curious i mean i kind of know the answer but i want you to explain why is that why are these more gentle treatments just as effective so um <clears throat> as i mentioned i learned lots of different styles of acupuncture the main style is the japanese style that i practice um and in the japanese tradition needling is they try to make it painless as opposed to the Chinese. I always like to say the Chinese invent everything and the Japanese rarefy it. So they make it precious. Mm -hmm. um, and that's like across the whole culture. Um, so for the most part, I do the Japanese technique, which includes a root treatment, which is very few needles, which is very profound. And sometimes less is more. Like we talked about once, that cranial sacral, you barely feel the practitioner touching your head, your neck, your sacrum, but it's so profound. When you leave the office, you're completely changed. Oh my God, cranial is amazing. It's amazing. So my kind of acupuncture is more like that. Mm -hmm. It's done on an energetic level. That's not to say that I don't also use trigger points after the root treatment if somebody has you know if somebody has piriformis syndrome need I need to needle more aggressively and I need to needle, needle a little deeper but there are even within trigger point style there are different styles there are less aggressive trigger point techniques so I don't usually do the most aggressive mm -hmm. I start without being too aggressive mm -hmm. 
especially in the first couple of treatments with people. So another question that I have is with the more gentle treatments, how does that benefit the nervous system if someone's nervous system is really on super overdrive? Like, I mean, I know, you know, it's hard to compare a more aggressive treatment versus a less aggressive treatment, but I assume they both have benefits, but I think it's just interesting to like mention that if the treatment is very light, it still has significant significant effects or you know the japanese have built a whole entire acupuncture style over you know with the gentle needling technique and they they even have there's a thing called contact needling where you do not insert the needle but rather you vibrate it right over the point so that it's it's touching the point gently, but it's not going in. That's, that's, that's a technique that I also do. Mm-hmm. And that's fascinating that that can, get, can affect change. And you know how you, cha- you yeah. can tell if something's changed? You check the pulse again. Oh. So, so if the pulse changes. I've never been to an acupuncturist who checks the pulse. That's one of our biggest tools. <laughs> pulse, tongue. The abdominal, you know, when we check the abdomen to see what kind of things are happening in the abdomen. Yeah. Wait, so why do you check the pulse? Just knows like how calm your body is? A, for the rate of the pulse, right. which tells you how calm or not calm the mm-hmm. body is. And then the quality of the pulse. And then we check it in, in the Japanese tradition, we check it in six positions relating to the meridians. So then you see what is the weakest there. And then that's what the root treatment is based mm. on. It's to pump up the weak pulse. pulse. Oh, is my pulse crazy sometimes? No, everybody's <laughs> pulse has uh, changes and oh. has a weak part. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. some people don't, but some, yeah, it's normal. I guess the younger you are, the less um, deficiencies you have in right. your pulse. Hopefully, yeah, that's good. Um, so there's some other treatments I know you wanted to talk about. The dragon's yeah, treatment. Yeah, and the needling for the dragon's treatment is, is different from the needling of the, uh, of the aggressive energy treatment. Mm-hmm. So the dragon's treatment is another ancient clearing. Uh, there are two dragon's treatments, internal dragons and external dragons. With the internal dragon's treatment, we're looking to affect change in a patient that is stuck in one emotion such as fear, grief, anger, or anxiety, and doesn't have the palette of emotions that make one resilient. Some of this may be due to old trauma or even generational trauma. On the other hand, external dragons is for external trauma, like getting struck by lightning or a recent traumatic experience. In both these traditional protocols, the dragon is considered protective. It lives near the heart. When we do these treatments, we as acupuncturists are inviting the dragon to escort the bad chi or juju away from the heart and out through the body, out through the legs, out through the soles of the feet, and ultimately out the window. And I open the window in every one of these treatments. Mm -hmm. So I like to think of these uh, ancient clearings as exorcisms, if you will, and I say that with a smile, because um, it's not like the Exorcist movie. <laughs> Depending on the level of interest in esoteric thought on the part of my patient, 
I may or may not expound on the theory of the work that I'm doing, but I actually love these treatments and I love explaining the treatments. I'm a big believer in the power of metaphor and that's exactly what these traditions embody and what Chinese medicine is all about. I think this is fascinating and I think the most important part about all of this is like, as you've said numerous times, it really addresses the emotional and spiritual aspects. Um, I guess like how, well, maybe first, why don't you explain why that's so important? Like, I, I think you could explain it better than I can. Okay. Well, you know, why is, why is there such chronic pain with pelvic pain patients? Yeah. Why is the body holding on? You know, there's muscle memory, there's, mm-hmm. there, there's all this, you know, you get into this pain loop between the brain and the part of the body that is in pain. Um, but why is this happening? And part of it is trauma. Mm-hmm. So That's what it, I was gonna ask you next. You know, yeah. it could be sexual trauma, but it doesn't have to be that bad. It, it could be just the fact of, you know, maybe somebody had their first sexual experience and it didn't go well and it hurt so much and, and then they, you know, the person gets all upset about it. Or it could be an injury that happened. Um, like somebody, um, you know, hurting their coccyx when they're surfing. I've had a patient like that. Um, so there's all types of things that can happen. Or it could be a, a, a surgery mm-hmm. that went well, but then there's still residual issues. Or it could be something totally not related to pelvic. It could be. And then that's where it manifests. Exactly. Yeah. It could be old stuff. Right. Family stuff. Totally. Could be their own self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we all have so many layers to us. Yeah. And you need to heal all the layers in order to get rid of the pain. Mm-hmm. So, wait, so explain again how these specific treatments like how are they clearing the stored trauma the bad energy all of those things that are negatively impacting an individual like how is that happening so with the aggressive energy treatment there's um between 10 between 10 and 12 needles on the back shallowly placed most of the time if there's heat in the body you will have a redness around the points i wait for the redness to dissipate so the heat goes away Mm. and so all of the bad energy is coming out through the point and out through the window yeah that makes sense and it could take 15 minutes right it could take three hours with the red to dissipate. Sometimes and I have to have a p- take the needles out and send somebody home and do it again the next get, time. Oh. So, but it's always so calming after this treatment. People walk out on a cloud. Yeah. And then they, you know, even if I didn't say anything about the metaphor, they'll come back and say, wow, that was a really interesting treatment last week. I felt really good. I slept really well. Um, I felt a shift. Yeah. Speaking of sleep, that's another issue that a lot of people are definitely having right now. I don't know why, like, I mean, I guess that's just a function of 
heightened stress and anxiety, poor sleep. But I mean, I would definitely argue that a lot of people are noticing changes in their sleep, probably negative changes. Why do you think that is? And also, how does the acupuncture that you do really help to improve sleep, insomnia, all of those issues? Okay. And, and the important role that sleep plays in healing. Right. Um, well, I would say that since the pandemic, a lot of people are, they are just addicted to their phone. They're addicted to the news about the pandemic. They're always looking at it, looking at the numbers. Is it going up? Is it going down? What's the latest thing that, you know, the Fauci and the government is saying? And, um, so it's very stressful. Yeah, extremely. Extremely. Looking at the news feed oh, I'm on your phone news. is crazy. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Once in a while, I do. You know, I'll scroll through Instagram on occasion, and once in a while, the news is, like, on in my apartment. But I just, it's, like, enough. It is. It's enough. Yeah. Um, and then that with the election combined, oh, you know, yeah. a year ago yeah. was just, you know, crazy. Um and then the other thing are these Zoom meetings. If you're in front of your, when you, when you work in an office, you're not in front of your computer the entire day. No. You're up walking around, you're chit-chatting, you're in meetings. But now with working from home, people are in front of their computers. All day. 24 seven yeah. almost. And that's impacting their sleep as well. Um, so since the pandemic started, I've noticed that more patients are suffering from insomnia, like you said. And acupuncture is effective for all types of insomnia. The first order of business is to determine what is their root cause of the insomnia from a Chinese medicine standpoint. Is it part of a larger issue like impaired digestion? Is it chronic pain? Is it urinary issues that wake them up so that they have to urinate a couple of times a night? Or is it stress? So depending on what it is, I tailor my treatments appropriately. Um, one pattern that we acupuncturists often see is autonomic nervous system imbalance. And there's two areas of our nervous system, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. The sympathetic system controls fight or flight response and prepares the body for strenuous physical activity, like running away from danger. So that's the way we were created, to run away from the saber-toothed tiger when we were cavemen. Mm -hmm. The parasympathetic system regulates rest and digest functions. The problem is that in our modern lives, many of us are stuck in fight or flight with high cortisol levels, uh, adrenal overload, and hence insomnia. I see this pattern often with pelvic pain patients. In Chinese medicine, the pelvis is the root of the body-mind where our dantian is based, which is a word from martial arts. It's where our yin and yang and the kidney chi ministerial fire sits. So acupuncture offers many ways to alleviate this syndrome of autonomic nervous system imbalance. Additionally, I might recommend herbs and lifestyle changes to address the insomnia. Mm -hmm. Acupuncture obviously helps with sleep because it's calming down the nervous system, both the sympathetic and the parasympathetic, right? Right. And 
so I guess other than acupuncture, like, are there any, are there certain things that you tell your patients to do at home or suggestions that you give them or have for them that they can kind of implement in their day-to-day life? Yes. Um, one of the things I say, I'm not sure people listen to me. Some people must. Um, <laughs> they listen. Is no electronics for about yeah. an hour. So important. Before bedtime. So I make it for me, I have no electronics an hour and a half beforehand. So mm-hmm. I turn everything off somewhere around 9.30. Yeah. Um, and I also recommend people take a warm bath with Epsom salts. Epsom salts has a lot of magnesium in it. Mm-hmm. And magnesium is extremely calming. Yeah. So that's a good thing to do at night. Um, I also recommend that people get fresh air every day and mm-hmm. try to get out early when, you know, the earlier in the morning yeah. when the sun comes up. The better. To get that sunlight into your eyes, that's what sets your circadian rhythm for the day. So important. And that helps I need your to do melatonin. a better job of that, yeah. So... Um, if you've got a dog, that's a great way <laughs> to know. get out early because you got to bring it outside to do its, its so business. It's so hard with the cold weather in New York. Oh, oh my god, it's like ten degrees out. I know. At Yesterday, 7 oh my god, it's crazy. But yeah, no, I think that the phone before putting the phone away and the TV away before bed, I'm so bad. I notice it. Like if I read before bed, I sleep so much better than if I watch TV before bed. I'm not perfect. Some days I do watch TV before bed, but like I definitely notice a difference. It's a big difference. And if you sleep better, you feel better the next day. And it's so important with anxiety and stress and pain. Like you need, you need your sleep. You need your sleep. That's yeah, where it's number that's one. When your body heals itself, I know is in the middle of the night. I've gotten so crazy about sleep. Like I used to set alarms. I mean, if obviously I have to be somewhere, like I'll set an alarm, but I used to set alarms like to go to a 7 a.m. yoga class. So I would set an alarm for 6.15. And now I'm just like, no, no. Like if I can't make the eight o'clock class, then I, I'm not going to go today. Like I, sh- you know, what? I just I feel the same way. I, I don't feel like I feel like it's such a bad start to my day to set such an early alarm. Yes. If I don't need to. Yes, I agree. I don't just set, like let the body wake up. I mean, a lot of people can't do can't that. Can't do that. 100%. But if you go to bed a little earlier. A hundred percent. Maybe you can do that. Maybe you yeah. start waking up at a different time. Totally. Naturally. Totally. Yeah. No, I know. It's definitely a luxury. But I feel like with being home and with COVID and like working from home or just having school at home, it gives you more freedom in your day in yes. a certain sense to be able to you know get an extra half hour of sleep or like work out during your lunch break maybe you couldn't do that when you were in an office like i don't know i feel i just feel like i've been trying to prioritize sleep more good the other thing i've read research on is that sleep between 10 and 2 are the most yeah is the most helpful in terms of healing the body I so notice that if I go to sleep like on the weekends, it's so crazy. This is something I've been noticing. If I go to sleep at min, usually I'm asleep by ten forty-five. On the weekends, if I'm asleep at like midnight or twelve thirty, I feel hungover the next day without drinking. Like nothing, you know. I didn't do anything the night before except right. eat dinner at home and watch a movie. Right. But I went to sleep later than normal, right. and I feel groggy and not great 
The, the other thing I like to tell my patients is that in terms of Chinese medicine, mm -hmm. between 11 and 3 is the liver gallbladder time. Oh. And the liver gallbladder uh, in Chinese medicine represents creativity and vision. So wow. planning new things yeah. between 11 and 3. So if you can get to bed, get in bed at 10, 10, 15, read a little while and mm -hmm. fall asleep before 11, you don't get that second wind. No. Oh my God, I and get always get a second wind. is terrible because yeah. then you stay up later till 1 or 2. That happens to me sometimes. It's so weird. Why does that happen? Just us. In Chinese medicine, that's, you know, that's what they would say is because your liver gallbladder is that's when it starts doing its stuff. Oh, so if you're already up, you mean then it, you'll stay up? You'll stay up. Oh. That's why it's harder to go to bed later. if you stay up later. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I haven't stayed up past three since I was young. Me so neither. So I can't tell you what Me it's neither. like. Me neither. I'm li literally never up past <laughs> one I is a little, I don't even know if I, I don't even stay one. up till midnight on New yeah, Year's Eve. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um life is boring <laughs> seriously another tip that i would just thought of that i wanted to share which this also really helps me um i don't know if you are familiar with like these it's called like the metabolic diet and it's there's a lot of i worked with a hormone coach because i went off i think i told you about this i went off the birth con i went off i got my iud out and so she like was helping me with learning how to use um it's called the fertility awareness method as a form of birth control so it's just like tracking your cycle and your ovulation patterns and your temperature um to know when you're ovulating versus when you're not and it's actually super effective and it's interesting i've never like known any of this about myself my body which is crazy but so these like metabolic there's a bunch of women and men who are very into this metabolic way of eating and living um and i learned this from some of them but it's so interesting like having a snack before bed i don't know i'm always hungry so if i eat dinner at 6 30 or 7 and i don't go to sleep until 10 30 sometimes i'll get in bed and I'm, i get starving okay and so if i fall asleep hungry i notice like i'm up at two or three and i'm hungry right so for me it's been so helpful to have a snack before bed something light like a piece of like organic raw cheese and like a cracker or like a piece of fruit right something um like peanut butter and an apple like just something light and i find i sleep so much better because i think it helps control your blood sugar so that your blood sugar isn't going crazy because you're so hungry when you don't eat for like eight seven eight hours right yeah i don't know that's, I know that this is mm -hmm. the kind of diet that they recommend for diabetics. That, yeah. That yeah. they eat something before bed. Before bed, yeah. Um, usually something that has a little bit of protein. Protein, yeah. Um, and I can think of lots of young people who could probably do with that. I know they yeah. snack, you know, a lot of young people snack till late at night, but usually yeah. they're eating Garbage. pretty empty calories. Yeah. But if they ate something a little healthier, um, I think that it would be good quench their their yeah. hunger a little bit better too i found it to be really helpful which is interesting oh and i wanted to mention that we were actually talking about this there are these charlotte's charlotte's web um, melatonin gummies and they have like cbd and melatonin and i don't take them that often because 
I just would rather fall asleep naturally if I can. But there are these gummies. And I sometimes, if you eat a, only a quarter of one, the instructions say to take two. If you, I just literally will eat a quarter of one. And it really helps for those nights where you can't sleep. That's great. I'm going to try yeah, those. Yeah. They're really good. So the, the last question I want to ask you, because like it, it's, it's funny because I hate talking about COVID, but I feel like with certain people and in certain ways, it's kind of necessary. And I, I do, like, I am curious to hear, there's a few people that I like, like you, that I respect your opinion. And I think the questions are worth asking because they're important. Um, so I just, before we go, want to ask, you know, I really believe that, and look, like, obviously I'm not a doctor, I'm not a medical practitioner, like, that is not who I am, obviously, but I just believe as a person living in this world in the year of 2022 um, with, you know, some level of anxiety and this and that, like, we all have, we have to just move, like, I and in in no way is this am i saying this to be like ignorant to COVID or anything like that obviously a lot of terrible things have happened in the past two years but i also think that as a society and just as individuals we have to like emotionally move on from this we can't continue to live like so fearfully because it's just it's so traumatizing like it is you know it's so sad to see like of course people have died and people have serious health issues and that's not a joke but like the majority of people are if they get covid they're fine and there's really not that much to worry about and i just think that there's been so much fear that's been instilled in us and i don't think it can go like how do we i don't think it can go i mean it, it is still going on but i just feel like we kind of as individuals you know like you and i and whoever wants to move past it we have to figure out how to do that individually like for ourselves yes i'm curious what your thoughts are on that and like if you have any insight or advice as to how people can do that because especially for our health it's so bad for our health well i'm hoping that um that the pandemic got people interested in health right and in their own oh, that's immunity, such a good way to right that sometimes when you're it. sick and you have something wrong with you yeah um it's a blessing it's a blessing because right. you've taken your health into your own hands oh i love that mindy yeah i have <laughs> a i have a long haul uh, yeah, COVID patient who in fact said that he became interested in his own health wow because of this he never even thought about it before you know he's got some long haul stuff like fatigue and mm. muscle you know he he can't lift weights like he used to. Um, he's getting better and better, and the acupuncture and herbs are really helping. But he is now a person who is totally interested in what he eats, how he sleeps, and that's his a, lifestyle. Yeah. And he's a young man, so that's great that a young man is now taking control because everybody, we all have to be responsible for our own health. Yeah. I mean, of course we want to use doctors and all of that. But at the end of the day, you got to take responsibility um, and some interest in your own health. Um, so that's one thing, Good. you know, historically, yeah. you can, we could talk about the fact that during the last pandemic in 1919, the Spanish flu, what came after that, when that was done was the jazz age. 
Wow. So it was a blossoming and a flowering My of God. all kinds of music and art. I didn't even it know was, that. Yes, it was like an amazing time. If, um, if you watch Moonlight in Paris by Woody Allen, it's basically that most of that movie takes place in the 20s in Paris. So that's when... <laughs> um, so that's interesting. So maybe we'll have a real renaissance here on Earth in terms of art and music um, and maybe sciences. And then the last thing is, you know, as a society, we all have to take responsibility. Some of the reasons this happened is because of, because of uh, population. Some of it happened because of, you know, climate change. Uh, we have to we have to work towards improving all of those things all of us in the world wow yeah. that was such a good answer yeah. because that's really just changing the way that we look at all of this which is I think the only thing we could do yeah I mean you gotta reframe it reframe it a hundred percent yeah cool thanks Mindy you're welcome um, okay and then lastly share any resources that you have to recommend to everyone listening. I know you okay, have a Okay, well, yeah. since everybody <laughs> who's listening is uh, a fan of the Beehive, I don't have to tell them about that, but I do tell <laughs> all my pelvic patients, men and women, about the Beehive. Um, Thanks, I also recommend Nancy's Nook for those suffering from endometriosis. It has great resources. Um, I follow Dr. Felice Gersh on Instagram. She's an integrative gynecologist that specializes in PCOS. Um, I'm also a member of the Three Jewels and Meditation Center here in the city. Um, they have a terrific virtual portal for yoga and meditation classes in addition to in-person classes in the East Village. And I think meditation is just so important. So important, um, I know. So, uh, and I they agree. have great teachers. So they have meditation classes? They have meditation sessions. Sessions, yeah. Uh, they have, I think, three a day online. Oh, that's online. so cool. How nine long are they? Nine o'clock and then one at nine o'clock at night, and then there's one in the middle of the day. How long are they? About a half an hour. You know, it starts with the preamble right. where everybody's talking. That's uh, awesome. And saying, you know, something. And there's usually a theme to the meditation. Yeah. Um, and and then the meditation itself is about 10 to 15 minutes i love that maybe i should try it you should try it yeah. i you, use the this app it's a great place that's awesome where is it it's on third street but it's also yeah. online yeah cool okay and where can everyone contact you well um you can go to my website it's www.mindypicard.com I also have a Google business listing. I have an Instagram account. On Instagram, I'm Mindy underline Picard. Um, I'm on Facebook also. And even text me. I, you know, <laughs> my phone is 646-825-1508. I'm very accessible. I really do try to make myself accessible to all to all patients whether they be my patients or somebody else's patient amazing thank you so much mindy i always learn so much when i talk with you whether it's just for a session or a podcast i'm like oh my god i'm learning so much from you all the time so thank you for taking the time to do this and just sharing all of your knowledge and insight it's so helpful and i hope everyone enjoys it.
Thank you. Before we go, I just want to thank everyone for listening to today's episode with Mindy. I hope you enjoyed it. And I also want to ask if this podcast is bringing you any value at all, if you could please leave a rating and review in the iTunes podcast app. They are so helpful in growing this platform and helping to spread the word and reach as many people in need of this content as possible. So the more ratings and reviews we can get, the better. So please, please, please leave a rating and review. I would so greatly appreciate it. And lastly, I want to thank this episode's sponsor again, Leslie Howard. She is the best yoga teacher when it comes to all things pelvic floor. So you can check out her website, lesliehowardyoga.com. And also she's offering all VHive listeners $75 off her trainings by using the code HAPPYPELVIS75 at checkout. So all of this information is also linked in the show notes so that you can easily access it there. And thank you again for listening.